The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to them, Hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and we will have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard. When the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And they said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits, and the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them, and although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Before we get into the heart of the sermon, I want to invite you to read and sit with Psalm 118 this week. This is the psalm that Jesus quotes in today's gospel reading, and I found it to be a tremendous devotional as I prepared this sermon. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in my sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is when the prophet Nathan comes before David and tells him the story of a rich man who steals sheep from a poor man in order to serve his guests. David is incensed and he condemns that man only for Nathan to reveal, you are that man. It's one of those gotcha stories that allows us to see our own actions from the outside. Jesus tells his own gotcha story in our gospel today. This teaching follows immediately on the heels of the parable we explored last week. As Jesus responds to the chief priests and the elders of the people who question his authority as he teaches in the temple. Using the familiar vineyard imagery of Isaiah, Jesus tells of a landowner with rebellious tenants. The powerful and wealthy that are questioning Jesus, likely landowners themselves, are incensed by the behavior of these upstart tenants. This type of behavior would upset the whole social structure. Surely the landowner must come and deal wretchedly with those wretched tenants. Then comes the gotcha, as Jesus allows the allegory to sink in. The vineyard is still Judah. The servants sent by the landowner are the prophets of old, and also the prophet that has been rejected by those standing before Jesus. He rejected the prophet. John the Baptist. Jesus is not quite as blunt as Nathan. He doesn't proclaim, you are the man. 
Instead, he returns to the messianic psalm that welcomed him into Jerusalem with cries of Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus quotes again from Psalm 118, declaring that he is the stone rejected by the builders, yet made by God to be the cornerstone. Jesus is the son and the chief priests, the elders and the Pharisees, and all those who conspire to kill him are those wretched and rebellious tenants. Gotcha. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. And they wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds. The people of the allegory are clear. But what is the harvest? What is this fruit that the landowner desires? On the banks of the Jordan, John the Baptist proclaims, Bear fruit worthy of repentance. In Luke's expanded description of John's ministry, the fruit worthy of repentance is defined in this way. The one who has two coats must share with the one who has none. Whoever has food must do likewise. The tax collector should collect no more than is due, and the soldier should not extort money. Isaiah describes the fruit of the vineyard as justice, righteousness. We might spend a little time unpacking exactly what Isaiah is describing since these two words can mean many things to us. If you'll trust me to summarize scripture without exhaustive reference, throughout scripture we find justice often measured by honesty in commerce and by impartiality in leadership. Righteousness is often measured by trust and reliance upon God. Together, righteousness and justice are manifest most visibly in the way that the poor and the stranger are cared for. Isaiah goes on to use a variety of imagery to portray the lack of justice and righteousness present in Judah and Jerusalem. He focuses on dishonesty, greed, idolatry, self-indulgence, and just plain selfishness. Jerusalem that Isaiah condemns is not unique to the time of King Uzziah. We find it described throughout the histories of the people in the books of Chronicles and Kings. We find it condemned by the prophets. The wages of the poor that you have withheld cry out to me. Your rulers are violent, your inhabitants are liars. And even before this time, we find it in the book of Judges, in the condemnation that the people did whatever was right in their own eyes. And even earlier, we see the rejection of justice and righteousness in Cain, who murders his brother out of envy. Jesus finds the same dishonesty, greed, idolatry, self-indulgence, and selfishness when he comes to Jerusalem in that last week, that week of the Passover, the week of the Passion. Perhaps, finds the same in us today. You know, history does not necessarily repeat itself. But our rejection of the love of God falls into such a predictable pattern of selfishness, greed, and oppression. You know, we're just not very creative in our disobedience. But we do become creative in the way of our self-justification, the excuses we make, the ways that we conspire to make ourselves right in our own eyes. I thought about providing a few examples of the ways we fit into this pattern. You'll be glad that I'm not. 
the ways that we try to advantage ourselves at the expense of others, the ways we try to create partiality rather than justice, the ways we continue to seek to define our value in wealth, power, or pleasure rather than in our identity as beloved children of God. Instead of providing those examples, I will simply say, gotcha. We are that man. We are that people. And I'll let the Holy Spirit tell you about the gotchas in your life. What's important is not the way in which we sin, but how we respond when that's called to our attention. When we respond to this gotcha like David in repentance like the Pharisees and the chief priests in plots and schemes. As Jesus declares his authority as the Son of God and affirms God's ownership of the vineyard, how will we respond? Jesus comes to the church and declares his authority, his ownership. What is this fruit that he seeks? the vineyard that is the church. The fruit remains the same. The fruit remains justice and righteousness. Jesus will later summarize this by saying, one, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Put away idols. Rely fully on God above all things and for all things. Trust in his steadfast love. This, my friends, is righteousness. Jesus will go on, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do not seek advantage or show partiality. Instead, love. Finding my identity and your identity in the steadfast love of God. This is justice. And we see this manifest in the first community of the church as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. The kingdom broke out in wonders and signs. And all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. They sold their possessions. And they distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. They gave of themselves those who needed received what they needed. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being made whole. This is the kingdom life. This is the life to which we are called. We are also this people. People that bears fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, one of the great beauties I find in our Sunday liturgy is the call to see the ways in which we've turned away from God and the invitation to turn back, to repent. We hear at the beginning of our service the summary of the law, and in it we recognize the ways we have not lived up to that. We recognize our desperate need for God to restore us. So we cry out in the Kyrie, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. And then trusting in 
his mercy and his steadfast love, we stand before God and we turn to praise and before him. Later in the liturgy, we're invited to see ourselves again as both people, both those who stood on the edge of the road as Jesus entered into Jerusalem, crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. And then a few days later, crying out, crucify him. We see this as we sing the Sanctus, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's why I cross myself during that time. It's that visualization that Jesus is on the road to the cross as he walks up the hill into Jerusalem. The recognition that it's me who stands there proclaiming him king and also sentencing him to die. You're both these people. And we are this people called today to this table and sit out into the world. As we go, may we bear the fruit of justice righteousness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.